Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Today, uh, we're going to uh, open up another lesson in this series, and I'm really, really excited about this lesson. I titled it Soul Words, and we're going to talk about the fact that we can speak to our souls, and most of us know what that means, but you know, you're a three-part being, you have a spirit, and when you and I accepted Christ, our spirit was recreated in his image, we're blameless, we're holy, but we have this soul, it's our mind, our will, our emotions, and even if we're renewing it, even if it's pretty well renewed, we still have emotions, and no matter how renewed your mind is, when things go wacky in your life, emotions can go up and down, and thankfully, we have the privilege of being able to speak to ourselves. So you know how we talked about, let's meditate on God's word. Let's meditate on what he's promised and uh, the principles of God. And in lesson uh, two, we talked about speaking life over people and how we can impact people with our words. Today, we're gonna talk about speaking life to ourselves. Next week, we'll talk about our words being weapons and talk about releasing our swords and our shields. And we'll have some fun next week. But this week's very important because if our emotions go crazy, uh, we, we will not continue to follow God or we'll walk in uh, depression, oppression, and uh, we won't be able to do what God's created us to do. And thankfully, we don't have to wait for someone else to speak to us. We can speak to ourselves. It's a Bible principle. So I have a big idea for this lesson, and it's always what I want us to walk out remembering more clearly than ever. And it goes like this. We can speak nonsense or God's sense to ourselves. And nonsense doesn't mean it's babble and it doesn't mean anything. I'm using nonsense in this uh, sense. It's not biblical. It's, it's not lining up with what God's declared. And that is so easy to do, to take a look at what we're walking through, whether it's in a relationship, it's physical, it's financial, whatever it is, to see that thing and then to begin to agree with it. And all that does is really mess up our souls, right? Our emotions go haywire. Or we can speak God's sense, and God's sense is when we just simply declare what God has said. So in lesson one, we talked about how to put the word of God inside of us. Lesson two, I reminded you. And so once it's in us, we can release it over people and uh, change their lives. We can use it as a weapon next week, or we can speak to our souls. And that's what we're going to deal with today. And here's a great scripture. You ready? Psalm 103, verse 1 through 2. Praise the Lord, my soul. So this is a psalmist, and what is he doing? He's telling his soul, you need to praise God. You need, you, you need not to be downtrodden. And he goes on to say, in my inmost being, so all of my emotions, even my spirit, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and then notice this, and forget not all his benefits. And so this psalm goes on, and he begins to talk about some of the benefits of God. And sometimes we have to remind ourselves, this is what God's promised. This is what he said he would do for us. And guys, sometimes it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Sometimes we have failures in our life, right? And we think, you know, it seems like God didn't help me here. He didn't help me with this thing. But guys, no matter what, remember what I love to say, shoot for the stars, the promises of God. And even if we hit the moon, which is not as high as the stars, our feet are still way above the ground, right? Just We want to encourage our soul concerning what God has said and what God has declared. And so we're going to talk about that today. I came up with uh, four scenarios that I think 
I would put as the top four. And the Bible doesn't list which one's number one. I just came up with what I think we most we deal with the most as people, right? And and how our souls and our emotions can go crazy. And we have this privilege of speaking to them. So Psalm uh, 103 is saying, hey, you don't have to just sit there and take it. You can speak to your souls and you can remind your souls, even as you praise God, what the benefits are God, of God are. Don't forget his benefits, even though you're going through a tough time. That's when you need God the most, right? So here's my first of four. It has to do with guilt and we all can deal with guilt, right? It, it goes like this, exhorting our soul to forgive ourselves. And that is tough for some of us to do, Right? So even yesterday I sinned, right? I'm going to just confess my sins to you right now. I was watching the Ohio State game here, the tailgate party. You know, I went home and I went crazy. Uh, and Gina just laughed. She just laughs at me. But I said some things I probably shouldn't have said, maybe about Michigan. I don't know. Maybe, maybe about Ohio State. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying I had to say, God, forgive me. And I had to forgive myself. But, you know, I remember... Uh, this still happens today, but as a young Christian, I remember, man, falling in some areas over and over again, and I had to trust that, you know, if I confess my sins, he's faithful and just to forgive me, and he cleanses me from all unrighteousness, and I had to trust I was forgiven, and most people, um, they struggle with that. They struggle with the fact that God didn't forgive them, or they just can't forgive themselves, Right? And you and I, when we don't want to forgive ourselves, when we're really blaming ourselves for things, and sometimes our actions do cause problems, sometimes they have earthly consequences, but we have to understand how God sees us and how God deals with those problems that we have. So can we read our psalm again, and we'll add the first part of verse 3. Praise the Lord, my soul, and all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, my will, my mind, my emotions, and forget not all his benefits. Here's one of the benefits of God, who forgives all your sins. Isn't that nice? And the word forgive, that word, you know, whether it's Hebrew or Greek, that word means to release you of your sins. It, it has the idea of forgetting your sins. And it has this idea, it's really a cool idea, treating the guilty party as if innocent, right? And so as a Christian, what I love to do is 1 John 1, 9, right? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I know Jesus died for my past, present, and future sins. I know that. But there has to be what I call the 180 where we repent. And so we're doing something we know we shouldn't do. And we're always looking at our life and examining our life through the scriptures. We know we shouldn't do it, right? And so there has to be a moment in our life where we say, you know what, God, I did something. I know you don't want me to do it. I said some things I shouldn't say. Whatever it is, when I was a young Christian, certain areas, I just had to repent over and over again. But we have to trust when we do, God forgives us, right? That we're forgiven. And there, there are a few Christians that have told me, we don't have to repent because Jesus already forgave us. And, and I'm like, well, how, how, do you, how do you do the 180? How, how do you cleanse your soul, right? And, and then I remind them that in Revelation chapters 2 and 3, Jesus wrote seven letters to seven churches, and five of them were doing things he was not happy with. This is the Jesus that died for our sins. This is Jesus that knows we're forgiven, right? He, he knows what his blood did, and so he's Jesus, right? This is Jesus after dying, and he's speaking to the church, and to five of those churches that were doing things he didn't like, what did he say? 
He said, repent. He said it over and over. Jesus said, repent. And so sometimes we need to repent, right? And all that means is the 180 and, 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 and saying, Lord, what I'm doing is wrong. I'm going to go the opposite direction. So I'll have to do that probably today when the Browns play, because I'll probably say something I shouldn't say and be upset. And I'll say next year, or maybe next week when the other quarterback comes, I don't know, but I'll say something. And, and it was funny, first service, I just talked about Ohio State. And Gina texted me. She said, you should add the Browns too. And maybe today you can, uh, you know, use this principle for the Browns and not complain because I'll complain to her, you know. And uh, I said, I got to tell somebody, honey. I got to tell someone. So he's the God who forgives all our sins. And, you know, in this very Psalm, he goes on and says some things about forgiveness. Can can we look at them and just enjoy them? Uh, Verse 10 He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. Aren't you glad? I I would have been struck by lightning. In my first couple years as a Christian, I would have been a goner, right, if God treated me according to how many failures I had. Um, But it says in verse 11, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. And to fear the Lord, that means have reverence, right? But it also just means we come to a place in our walk. This is what a disciple does if you're a disciple of Christ. You use his word as the standard and you say, you know what, Lord, I went off standard. That means I sinned and Lord, I repent for my sins. That's all that it means. And that's what fearing the Lord means. So, so notice, as high as the heavens are above the earth, that's how much God loves you. So you have to remember, he forgets it. He treats you as if you never did it. Listen to verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from it. I like that word removed. Now, the east and west is being looked at as a flat plain. And east and west on a flat plain, maybe on the globe they meet, right? But on a flat plain, they do not meet, guys. And God's saying this. We could reword this today, use something maybe we're more used to. Um, you know how the Bible says that God said, let there be light? Do you know what scientists say? They say that the earth or the universe, excuse me, is still expanding. It's still, isn't that amazing? It's still expanding, as huge as it is. And so just imagine God taking your sins and throwing them up into the universe. And guys, they just move further and further away. God forgives you. God does not treat you as if you did what you did. And we need to forgive ourselves. Listen, uh, verse 13, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. And so he looks at us. He says, I realize you're human, and I realize you're trying. And I remember as a young Christian repenting over and over again, and I just say this, God, I need some grace. I don't know how to stop doing this thing, right? And, and he knew I was sincere. I just said, I want to stop. I know I shouldn't do it, but Lord, I just keep doing it. And, and, and I said, you need to open my eyes up and help me overcome this. And he did. It just took some time for me to grow. I learned I had to walk in the spirit and, and fill myself with God, things I didn't know. Verse 14, for he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. Aren't you glad God understands that we struggle as human beings? But even more so, aren't you glad he forgives all your sins? And so when, when you have made a mistake, when you have sinned, you don't want to speak nonsense over yourself. Like some of us think we have to go through penance, right? It, it's going to take at least six months for God to treat me normal again, right? And so I'm in my six months of penance, right? God's not going to answer any of my prayers. God's mad at me. God's turned his back on me. You need to stop saying that. You need to say, the Lord has forgiven me. I am holy and blameless in his sight. The Lord 
Lord will treat me as someone that never did that thing. And God, I'm going to pursue you more than I ever pursued you. And some of you are listening to my voice right now. You did some things that went public. And when things go public, there's a lot of shame, right? And and I understand that. But you know what you got to do? You got to look to what God has said, what God has declared, and not allow shame to hit you. And you need to just trust God that he's the God that forgives. Guys, it's amazing when we understand that. And we need to say that to our soul. We we can speak nonsense or God sense. We want to speak God sense, right? Uh, Listen to the second one. This has to do uh, with fear. Uh, exhorting our soul when we're dealing with health issues. And the more I age, the more, you know, we deal with health issues, right? Uh, Our bodies uh, just become a little more weak. And especially if we're trying to push ourselves and and, and stay in shape, you know, there's just things that happen. Uh, Or genetics, right? Things just happen. And then fear comes. So I shared this a while back, but I'm going to share it differently just just to show you what I had to deal with. And, and all I did was exhort myself concerning God and who he is and what he does in this area. Now, some of us have had failures, myself included, prayer failures. I've had loved ones die. And remember, again, we want to be like a professional baseball player, right? Um, they make it to base three out of 10 times that they're at bat. Seven out of 10 times, they either strike out, fly out, they're tagged out, but they keep coming to base. And you and I need to keep coming to base and we need to keep swinging, right? And so I want to encourage you to do that and never give up and always trust God for his best. So um, here I am. I hadn't been to the doctor in over 10 years. Uh, I was 100 pounds heavier than I am now. And and uh, I didn't want to go because I figured the doctor, I needed them the most, but I just didn't want to hear him come tell me to lose weight. And so I just avoided them. Kind of dumb, right? But that's what some guys do, myself included. And so finally, I I was down about 60 pounds and I thought, I better find a doctor and just go check things out. And and, uh, I did. I found a great doctor, an internist out of the Cleveland Clinic system. And what I loved about him is he reviewed all my former charts. He looked at my parents' history. So he does this exam and doesn't say a word. And then when we're done, he says this, you had a scan a year or so ago. And he said, your aorta is bigger than it should be. And he says, your dad had an aneurysm the size of my fist. And he did. Thank God he found it. Because once they they go, you don't have time. Even if you're in a hospital, you don't have time. Uh, uh, You just bleed out. And so uh, he looks at me and says, there's something wrong there with your dad's history. I'm going to send you to a cardiologist friend of mine. I said, great. Uh, but I walked away, and it was going to take a couple of days, you know, to do that $50 million machine where they do the scan and all that, you know, and see my cardiologist. So I went home, and I was, I was freaking out, and I, my mind was going crazy. I had to use these principles, right? So first thing I do is I tell Gina, because if I didn't tell her, she'd kill me, and I'd die anyway. So I thought, I better tell her. And, and, and then uh, I, I, I reminded her, my, my will is in the safe. You know, we have this safe, so if a fire comes, everything in it is okay. And uh, I, I made sure she knew how to open it. I put her through a drill. Let's make sure, you know. And then I, I gave her all these codes for our online bank accounts and, and all this and said, honey, just in case something happens. So now I scared the heebie-jeebies out of her. And I remember go, even going to bed that first night, just thoughts coming at my mind like, you may not wake up, right? And I thought, well, I'm right with God, although I don't really want to leave. I feel like I'm not done, Lord. And so I did what all of us should do. I prayed, but my mind went squirrely. So I had to talk to it day after day. And I never forget doing the test and then the cardiologist saying, you're okay. Your aorta is just a little bigger, 
0.01 something. He says, and it's just genetic. So, and I thought, why did you guys put me through all this worry, right? And then I'm back with my family doctor a little later. And I said, doctor, I want to tell you, just maybe for next time, you scared the heebie-jeebies out of me, man. And he's laughing. He goes, I'm so sorry. I said, next time, don't, don't be so dramatic, right? Because he said, don't work out, don't lift anything heavy. And I'm like, oh, this must really be serious, right? And him and I laugh about it now, but, but all of us hear bad reports, right? All of us go through things and we're not sure if we're gonna make it. We're just dealing physically now, right? And it's good to speak to ourselves. You know, next week we'll talk about using our words as swords and shields, but guys, it's just important to remember When Jesus went to the cross, we talked about it in communion today, right? You talked about it over in Boardman in communion today, uh, that he allowed his body to be beaten so we could receive healing. That's why we pray for the sick. At the end of every service in Boardman and Warren, elders come up. If you need prayer for any area of your life, come up after service. Uh, But guys, I prayed over myself and, and I just said, God, I just thank you that you're the healer. And I prayed over myself. And can I show you scripture? And this is why our elders come up at the end of every service. James 5, 14. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Listen to verse 15. And the prayer of offered in faith will make the sick person well, and the Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. God threw that in in case we're dealing with guilt, right? So he says, I still heal you even if you've had some failures in your life. So you need to remember that. But notice how he says, I'll raise you up. And that's where we put our trust. So how about we're walking through what we're walking through. We should always use medical science. Uh, Let them help us, right? It's good to exercise, good to watch our diets. But then sometimes we just need God no matter what. We need God to do something and nothing else we do can fix it. So uh, listen to our text again. Psalm 103, verse one to start. Praise the Lord, my soul, and all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins. And I like this and heals all your diseases. You know, Isaiah 53, 4 in the Hebrew Bible, next week I'll read it to you, but the Hebrew Bible. So our Old Testament is the Jewish Bible, the Hebrew Bible. And in the Hebrew Bible translation for Isaiah 53, 4, it says, he bore our sickness and our pains and, 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 and our diseases. God put them upon him and by his stripes, we are healed. And so guys, I had to take what I knew and I prayed, but then I had to begin to speak God sense to myself because nonsense was just flowing through my head. And I had to say, I thank you, Lord, that you're the healer. I thank you, Lord, that by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. And I had to speak to my emotions or I would have went batty, right? And you and I need to do that. We can speak nonsense or God sense. So we begin to encourage ourselves. And there's some of you listening right now. I want to encourage you get some of these scriptures I quoted, some that I read, and go read them and just begin to speak to your soul the encouragement of God, that God is a healer and that God will meet your needs in that area of your life. You can speak nonsense or God sense. Here's here's my third one, guys. Similar but different, exhorting our soul not to fear while in a battle. And so we go through all kinds of struggles, financial, relational, you name it, right? We go through struggles and we get into these storms or we call them valleys, right? Happens with each and every one of us. And it happened to King David and he literally wrote a psalm exhorting his soul out of this psalm. Isn't it cool? But we wanna remember when he wrote this. He wrote this psalm, it's Psalm 27. We'll look at it again in a moment. 
But he wrote this psalm uh, when Saul, the king of Israel, was chasing him down to kill him. And the, the prophet Samuel spoke over David when he was like 17 or so and said, you'll be the next king of Israel. He was just a shepherd boy. And so he met Saul because he played the harp and there was an anointing and Saul was being tormented by a demon. And so he'd have David come and play it. And, 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 and so he began to have these thoughts, David's going to take me down because he knew the prophecy over David. So he tried to kill David two times. And he took a spear and tried to throw it, tried to nail David to the wall, the Bible says. And David was a good ducker, and, and he missed. And after the second one, he said, I think I better run for my life, right? So he's running for his life. This is before all the mighty men came to him. And it's him and a few people. And he's sleeping on the ground. He's sleeping in caves. And Saul is hunting him down with the army. Could you imagine how fearful that would be? I don't know if any of us have ever gone through anything like that. What if the president decided to pick you out and say, I'm going to take you out, right? And he has jets and, and he has the, the, the Navy SEALs and he has uh, the Rangers and he has battalions. And what if he were chasing you down? Would you be a little bit fearful? That's what David's going through. And there's no way David can take him on at this point in his life. So he's extremely fearful. And he decides, my soul's going crazy. I'm ready to quit. I'm going to exhort myself. So let's take a look at how he exhorted his soul when he's being chased down. And it goes on, it says in Psalm 27, verse 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Now you know when he wrote this. And he's speaking to his soul. And he's saying, you know what? God's on my side. God is my light. God is my salvation. That word means deliverance. And he says, who can I fear when God's fighting for me and God's working in my behalf? He goes on to say, the Lord is the stronghold of my life. In other words, God is my shield. God is protecting me. Of whom shall I be afraid? So what's the first thing he's dealing with? Fear. And he's saying, I know what these eyes see. I know what I'm walking through. And we all walk through battles, storms, valleys, whatever we want to call them, that are bigger than life, right? And he's saying to himself, I'm not going to fear by what I see I'm going to remind myself that no matter what I'm going through, God's working in my behalf. The Bible declares, if God be for you, who can be against you? He goes on to say in verse 2, when the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. And our foes are not always people. It's sometimes things and circumstances and situations. And he's saying, you know what? I'm going to stand and you're going to fall. My God's going to fight in my behalf. He goes on to say, though an army besiege me. Now this makes sense, right? Because he's being chased by Saul and an army. My heart will not fear. The war break out against me, and it did. Even then, I will be confident. So he's saying to his soul, God's on my side. No matter what people try to do, God's going to protect me. And he, he goes on in verse 10. He says, Though my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. I like that. You know, if you grew up in a normal household, can we all agree? Mom and dad stick with you no matter what. No matter who leaves you, mom and dad stick with you, right? And he says, even if it gets so bad as mom and dad reject me, they haven't hooked up with him yet, so they're not even with him. He says, even if they reject me and they go with the king, he goes, God will receive me. God's on my side. Verse 13, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. 
So the land of the living means on earth. He says, I'm not leaving this earth. Saul's not taking me down. And the goodness of the Lord is what this prophet spoke over him. He says, God's gonna come through. And there are times when you're going through a battle and your emotions are going crazy. You need to speak to yourself that if God be for you, who can be against you? And he goes on to say this, wait for the Lord. Sometimes it takes time. So just be patient, wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. And who's he saying this to? himself. And so he's speaking God sense instead of nonsense. And we've all been through areas and times in our life, guys, where it looks like it's not going to end well. And sometimes it doesn't end well, but you know what? God can raise us up from anything, can he? God is the God that gives us a second chance. God is the God that resurrects our life. And we don't have to ever fear that, you know, this is over because God is us. I want to ask you a question. Can we just do this real quick? Boardman, Warren, guys at TCI online in the chat rooms, can we say thank you, God, that you're, in, you're, you're on our side and you're fighting for us? Can we just give it up? Oh, thank you, Lord God. Let's speak some God sense to our souls, right? Here's, here's my next one. It's pretty cool. Exhorting our soul when obstacles get in our way. And this one's really important. Have you ever had a dream that just wasn't coming to pass. Maybe right now, some of you do. It's, it's like, you know, God wants this to happen in your life, or it could be a natural dream. It could be a God dream, but it's just like what you know God promised, what God said he would do, it's not happening in your life. And man, it can be very depressing. We can give up. We can ask ourselves, where is God? Well, that happened in Psalm 42, and we'll read it in a moment. The guy that wrote Psalm 42, we don't have his name, but we know that he was a Levite, a priest. And we also know this about him. He lived in Northern Israel and he would go, you know, several times a year to Jerusalem and he would do his thing, his purpose. He would work in the temple of God, the house of God that was in Jerusalem. But Israel was overtaken by Gentiles. That means non-Jews. And then they took him hostage and they began to persecute the Jews that were in northern Israel. They wouldn't allow him to leave northern Israel, and he couldn't get to the temple. And so he wrote Psalm 42 to encourage his soul. And again, it may not be that bad for us, but how many of you have some dreams, and it just seems like it's taking too long for this to happen? How many of you feel like, I, I've been expecting this thing and this thing just hasn't happened. And boy, has that happened to me over the years where I know there's things God said we would do as a church and I would do as an individual and it's just taking too long or some kind of obstacle comes in and it stops it from happening. We've all been there and that's a time when we feel like giving up. We feel like quitting and Psalm 42 tells us what to do. So you're, you're gonna love it. When you hear the first couple of verses, there's songs that were written out of this verse. Now we understand the context. Listen to verse, uh, Psalm 42, verses one and two. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, Lord God. So we can worship anywhere, but he's saying, I'm not allowed in the house of God. I can't worship corporately. And he's saying, I desire that corporate worship. It goes on to say, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? Now we understand that, right? He's a captive in northern Israel. He can't go do what he was created to do. His dreams aren't coming to pass. And here's what was interesting about COVID. Uh, if, if you recall, you know, when it first came out, we didn't know exactly what it was. And, and I remember uh, shutting the church down. And I was on a phone call with pastors from uh, the valley here. And we're all saying, what should we do? And here was our consensus. We said, guys, 
uh, here's what our government, our governor said this. He said, I don't have any authority over the church. You do not have to stop meeting. That's a cool governor, right? He said, I, but, 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 but he said, if you do meet, please use safety protocol. But all of us, we didn't know where we were headed. So we thought, let's, let's just shut down and go online for, for a couple months. It ended up being three months, right? And I remember doing that. So a lot of things happened during that time. I would just speak to a camera, uh, no one was in the room. We had a worship band, but uh, we all were social distancing, you know, and, uh, and, and I'm preaching just to camera. I can't do the things I love, like be in the lobbies and, and, and uh, meet people, talk to people, have coffee with people, not able to do any of those things. Uh, but here's what was interesting. When we started church again and when people began to come back, here's what I heard from people. Um, most common thing. People didn't tell me, boy, we missed you, Pastor Joe, because they were listening online. Teaching translates on a screen. You know what doesn't translate on a screen? Corporate worship. And here's what I heard from everybody in the lobbies. Their first time back, I'd go out in the lobbies, and it was so fun to greet people. And they'd say, man, I forgot how powerful it is to worship God in a corporate setting, and it is. And that's what this guy's dealing with, because that's his very job to be in the house of God, right? He can't get to the house of God and be with the people of God. And that's the number one thing we missed. And that's what he's missing. And it was so bad for him because he's being persecuted, right? And he he is not allowed to go do what he was created to do. He has an obstacle. Verse three, my tears have been my food day and night. And I'll tell you what, talk about a liquid diet that's no fun. Uh, We're going to come in in January. I'll do some water fasting in January, you know, and uh, that's, that's not fun. I, I don't know about you. I like chewing on things. And uh, I prefer that, right? But could you imagine your diet is tears? Oh my gosh, that's bad. And so he says, well, people say to me all day long, and don't you hate this? Where is your God? And you know what? Even if people aren't saying that to you, but people do sometimes say, when's this dream going to come to pass? When is what you said is going to happen, happening? Why isn't it happening? We know there's obstacles, but then we can begin to believe it, right? Like, when is God going to come through? And if people aren't saying it to us, won't our thoughts say it to us? The enemy will put thoughts in our head, right? Uh, Our own thoughts will rise up, and we begin to say, where is God? Where is God? Guys, there's just sometimes when it takes a while, right? And, And we need to know that during that time, God is making all things work out for our good and God is working in our behalf, right? So he goes on and and he just speaks directly to his soul. This whole thing is for your soul. But listen to what he says. He says, why my soul, my emotions? Why, uh, Why are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? And so he's saying, man, hey, I know it's bad. I know what you feel you were created to do. You're not doing, whether it's a God thing or a natural thing in this earth. He goes on to say, Here's where we, what we have to say to our soul. Put your hope in God. Know that God's working, right? If God be for you, who can be against you? And then he says this, for I will yet, and that word yet means again, so I added that, not changing the scripture, but he says, I will again praise him, my Savior and my God. And then when you know the context, here's what he's saying. I will get back to the temple. I will get back to doing what I'm doing. And he says to his soul, Don't you dare be distressed. Don't you dare be downtrodden. He says, God's going to bring it to pass. And while you're waiting, put your hope in God. Put your hope and trust in God. He's speaking God's sense to himself. And there's some of you listening right now, maybe in Borman, maybe here in Warren, maybe guys at TCI, uh, maybe online. And you have been downtrodden. You have been bummed out because you feel like, well, what God's 
laid on my heart ever come to pass? Will this dream ever come to pass? Will this ever happen? Will that ever happen? And I want to declare to you that God said, put your hope in him. And you need to talk to your soul and say, trust in God. God's going to bring it to pass. And while you're uh, waiting for it to come to pass, keep speaking to your soul that my God is the God who brings everything to pass. And I'm putting this baby in his hands. And so I want to ask you one more time, guys, as we get ready to pray over in Borman, here in Warren, online, guys at TCI, can we thank God that he's working in our behalf? Can we just give it up for him? Thank you, Lord God, so much. Thank you so much, Lord God. Thank you. Okay, hey, let's close our eyes. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray over in Borman, here in Warren, TCI, online. Guys, uh, let's be prayerful right now. And Father, thank you for exhorting us today. And I know there's a lot of dreams that are on hold in this place and listening to my voice. Lord, I know there are people that have heard bad reports. I know there are people going through some battles, Lord, and I know there are people having a difficult time forgiving themselves. And Lord, we thank you that we can speak God's sense to our souls. We can say to our emotions, you will trust God. God will come through. And as we go through this week, Father, will you remind us when it's time to speak to our souls? Would you remind us that we don't have to wait for people to encourage us? We can encourage ourselves. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Would you stay in that attitude of prayer? I really believe through as you walk through this week, God's going to speak some life to you and he's going to encourage you and then you can encourage yourself. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you're listening and you're not sure if you're forever. You're not sure if you were to die, if you go to heaven or hell. Maybe you're not even sure if there is a heaven or hell. I, I want to pray with you right now. So listen up, listen up. Right now, I'm not asking you if you're a member of a church. I'm not asking you if you go to church. I'm not asking you where you're at. Here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a day in your life where you made it personal and you said, you know what, Jesus, I believe what the Bible says about you. I believe you died for my sins. I believe God raised you up from the dead. And right now I accept you as my savior. And the Bible says, if you call on his name, he will save you. So I'm asking, you do believe the, the good news that Jesus died so you can live? We talked about that in communion today. He died so you can live and he's alive. And if you call on his name, he will save you. So you may have grown up in church and never really personally asked Jesus into your heart. So that's what I'm asking you to do. But then maybe you walked in here, you weren't even sure if God existed. Only God can open your eyes up to Jesus. But if he did, I'd like you to pray with me right now. Can we all help guys over in Borman, TCI, here in Warren, uh, online, our online audience? Can can we say it loud enough and, and encourage the people that are praying it for the first time? And if you're praying this for the first time, just mean it. Say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I was born sin-stained and I need a Savior. I repent of all my sins and I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe the Bible. I believe the good news. And this day, I accept you as my Savior. And I look to you for that eternal life. And I make a decision today to follow you. Give me the grace to follow you, Lord Jesus. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. 
And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.